from Points Across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland edition for the week of November 22nd, 2012. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Wayne Toygo, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Mulata Willie, Tony Spatel, and our special guest, Michael Bowling. In this segment, Nancy's going to tell us about the tour she got of the new decorations over at California Adventure. That was a very special tour, wasn't it, Nancy? Slaybells ring oh, God, while you listen <laughs> in the end. She doesn't even know the words. Okay. We're, we're, in the air, snow is glistening. Something now like that. Oh, man, Sing royalties. <sighs> Y'all are no fun. Yes, we are. Not. I could say, sing the alternate lyrics, but let's not go let's there. Let's not know. Anyway, <laughs> so a bunch of the bloggers were invited um, to come and have a special tour and learn a lot about the holiday decorations at. Buena Vista Street and Carsland, since obviously this is the first year that they're having their holiday decorations. And so we met on a Monday afternoon, this last Monday, and had a lovely tour with Dave Carancini, of, and he's the manager of, re, let me get this right, Resort Enhancement at the Disneyland Resort. Uh-huh. And accompanying him was Brian Sandall, the senior designer of entertainment arts. Nice. And that was a lot of fun, let me tell you. They got us all set up like um, you would walk in Walt's footsteps tour with the little earpieces. Oh, wow, it's, nice. Yeah, just so we could hear them as, they went al- as we went along. And, wow, that's the first time I've ever done one of those because, you know, we always have the kids and the kids can't go on the tour things. So that's the first time I've actually had that experience. And let me tell you, that's a really nice experience because it's, it's literally like they're just right there talking in your head. And then you turn around and they're not there. Well, except if they get too far away from the cart or whatever it was that they were hauling around with us for the for the amplifier boosting, and then it got really oh, But anyway... We started out on Buena Vista Street. We met at the flagpole, and we got a chance to learn a little bit about how they've thought of Christmas decorations even when they built Buena Vista Street in Cars Land, which I thought was really interesting. And apparently this is the new trend in a lot of architecture, especially theme park architecture today, is you know everyone expects Christmas decorations and Christmas lights. Well, when they actually designed and were in the blueprint stage of Buena Vista Street and Cars Land, they worked to incorporate the concept of Christmas lighting into the actual buildings and facades so they have all the possible wiring they need um, to run all the lighting and stuff like that. And it's all hidden during the non-holiday season. So if they wanted to put up you know, 4th of July bunting or whatever, they could easily switch out and do that. And they just pop off a panel here or a panel there, and which is, would be disguised by being covered with the decoration. And boom, you got it done. 
Nice. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, anyway, let's talk about Buena Vista Street. One of the things he said about both areas of the park is right now they're at a base layer of decoration. You know, since they're starting out, they're trying a few things, and they're looking now to see, you know, where are they missing decoration? Mm-hmm. Where could they add something? Where could they enhance what they've already done? So they're still open, and they're open to guest suggestion also. <laughs> and Need what more tinsel. Is, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, and what he said was, um, well, tinsel is going to come up here in a few minutes. So. Jeez, of course. Well, no, because they don't use... If you look at the Magic Kingdom, they don't use tinsel. Hmm. Only Prep and Landing uses tinsel. Nice. (laughs) Because it's tinsel. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, this is so silly. Okay, so... um, Where was I? Quick reminder. (laughs) And you were talking about tinsel. <laughs> oh my god! Before that, it, ooh, shiny! <laughs> distraction, distraction, distraction. Anyway, um, but he did say, you know, while they don't take ideas word for word on things, they do ask cast members all the time, and they encourage guests to drop off commentary. You know, like if there's a great story of something the decorations reminded you of that they didn't have, um, or just other things, they like that sort of input. So certainly, you know, that now is the chance to include your input in California Adventures development, our future development. But um, what they said was they wanted to start basic. They looked at the fact that they've got a 1928, 1930s street on Buena Vista Street, and they wanted to match the decorations. And I loved one of his first comments was that basically all the Imagineers who worked on it and all the people on his enhancement team basically went into their grandparents' attics and pulled out a whole bunch of Christmas decorations and started looking at them. Wow. To try and get an idea and a concept of what to do. And from this, they came up with ornament ideas. They had those ornaments specially made. Um, They came up with wrapping paper ideas, looking at old photos. They had those ideas made. Um, They looked at window displays and came up with window displays. And, And just so on and so forth. So you're going to see a lot of elements that are very familiar, but the cool thing is that all of the stuff you see is custom made for for California Adventure. You're not going to find it anywhere else in any kind of store. The patterns aren't duplicated. They're simply designed and created specifically for their location and what they're on. This even goes for this really cool display of antique ornaments in one of the uh, shop windows. I believe that is the in the uh, the toy shop um, under the monorail under the monorail bridge underneath the Glendale Hyperion Bridge. They have a great display of antique ornament boxes, and it looks like it belongs right there, you know, in a shop window in 1920s. All of those boxes were designed by anime. uh, by Imagineers 
they were developed. The ornaments inside them were designed and developed. So the level of detail they're going to is really, really hefty for a design that looks very simple. They also went for um, the concept that in the 20s and 30s, decorations would be lean. People wouldn't be splurging all over everything because, you know, it's post-war, pre-war, depression, you name it. In that era, it wasn't a very prosperous era, so they wanted to cut everything nice and simple and clean. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind when you're going down Buena Vista Street. You know, it's not going to be near as lush and lavish as Disneyland's, but there's a reason for that. So keep that in mind. When they did the storefronts, you know, they've got the the great department store, Elias and Company, on the end of the street. They decided with the stores, they wanted to decorate the stores just like department stores would have been decorated in that era. And, in fact, they even went as far as to move, move Santa into the department store. What, what, so, which part of the department store is he in? That, last, is that in, last building? It's yes. in that little round building that in the old California Adventure used to be a candy shop. Yeah, the la- okay, so the last section? It's in the last section, and it currently serves as a jewelry shop. Right, yeah. Well, they've moved all the jewelry and, per- and the Dooney and Burke purses out of there, and they've got Christmas ornaments. Nice. In so that we, section. We, we were there. I was there yesterday because mm-hmm. um, I had heard you had told me that Santa was inside the shop. Yep. So I went inside to go check it out, and it looks just like it. It reminded me of when I was a little girl, and we used to go see Santa, and it was so cute because a little boy was, um, you know what? The boy was not sitting on Santa's lap. They had a little chair. The, the child was sitting next to Santa. And Santa was looking at him and asking him what he wanted for Christmas. And the little boy's face, if you could have seen it with his eyes shining, looking up at Santa, telling him what he wanted for Christmas, it just shot me back to my childhood. But the whole area is is, um, decorated very nicely for him. That was neat. Did they redo the window displays in in the stores to reflect Christmas? All of the windows are actually decorated in the same style as you would back in the day. Nice. You know, but obviously all of us remember when we were kids, if we were old enough to remember when we were kids, um, all of us remember the big giant department stores and how much fun it was to go to the department stores just to look at the windows and watch things move and all that. Well, this is before the area, the era of moving items, and these are big... 3D pop-up books. And so you've got a big storybook in front of you in the first window. And it's got a pop-up of Santa going through his list. Well, those of you trivia hounds will realize that this is Santa from one of the Silly Symphony cartoons. Nice. So which which window is this in, Nancy? This is in... The first one is as you're going up Buena Vista Street towards Acarthe. Uh-huh. You are looking on your left. You've just okay. gone underneath the Hyperion Bridge, and it's the very first Elias and Company window. Okay. One that it, that the no. one that rides between the toy shop and the um, 
The one that rides between the toy shop and the kid, the children's clothes shop. Now, are all the windows decorated or just Elias and Company? Um, yeah, all the windows have displays. Okay. And, like, the Five and Dime has a, a Christmas-oriented display. Okay. Um, there's ra- the wrapped ornaments I was discussing, the boxes, are in Big top the toys. toy store. Yeah. Over on the right-hand side at Elias Katz, there's the usual display with the writing desk and stuff, uh-huh. but they've got everything draped with decoration. Gotcha. Cool. Um, same with trolley treats as you go down the, down the way. So the Elias and Company ones on the Buena Vista Street side are themed in the Silly Symphony. So you've got actually three windows and three panels. And the second panel, which is at the juvenile shop, is um, the elves as they're busy working in the workroom. And the third panel is Santa um, is Santa loading up the sleigh. So, like I said, they're from a Silly Symphony cartoon, which I cannot actually remember the name of right now. <laughs> Now, keep in mind, Elias and Company also has windows which don't have, like, mannequin-type display or anything like that. There's a big flat window at the other end of the juvenile shop around the cor- you know, that starts to roll around the corner. That one actually has a really nice vintage Christmas tree standing up in the corner. Nice. And then in the main... Um, the main shops and the women's shop and in the men's shop, they have uh, the little Christmas trees on top of the fixtures. And then you guys are all familiar with the little montage at the top of the men's shop, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, for those of you who have never seen it, they have oh, one the of those okay, yeah. old-fashioned department store setups where they have sort of like an internal quote-unquote window or a little balcony. Kind of like in, they, in Emporium. Yeah, kind of like the Emporium, except more sophisticated. Okay. It, they've got, you know, people as if they're going to the opera looking over the balconies. Anyway, they did a really nice um, decor of a Christmas scene. They put a Christmas tree up there behind uh, the woman and child mannequin and things like that. And then when you get into the area where Stan is in, um, they actually took those and put in little scroll books that uh, read off the text of the Nightmare uh, Nightmare Nightmare (laughs) The Night Before Christmas. So it all carries the same theme. I really enjoyed the Buena Vista Street decorations. The tree is actually not in the very front of the park, like we assume with Disneyland. It is actually in the Carthay Circle, in that little central area where they have the photo pass guys behind the statue of Walt and Mickey. It's in the little park behind the stat, the partner statue. Right. Yes. They, uh, they, storyteller they statue, but yes. Thank you. And <laughs> thing behind the storyteller statue, the cool thing about the tree is instead of choosing a tree design where, the say, a train re, um, rotates around the base of the tree on a track, the train actually doesn't move. But it has steam what a rip that off. out. Yeah, it actually it has steam that does come out of it 
and it has sounds like it is moving. And so it gives you the feel because the smoke actually um, changes puffing based on the sound that comes out of the train. Well, that's cool. I didn't notice that. So is it a, a real, real fake tree? Yes. Okay. It is one of those. And actually, all of the decorations, interestingly enough, up and down are, are made um, similarly to the tree. They're actually faux cedar, or especially treated cedar. Faux cedar, um, make sure. Sorry. And they're designed to last, I believe they said, yep, the cedar garlands. As, have a as long as Twinkies? No, a little bit shorter. May they rest Only in peace. Only a seven-year life expectancy. <laughs> Seven years? That's all? Yeah. For rip off. Well, you got to remember all the sunshine that hits those things, yeah. too. So you've got That's a lot true. of sun decay. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting is they said that in the 20s, dec- the decorations, the garlands, weren't usually lit. Huh. Because there was that whole fire thing. Ah. So, as a result, they kind of had to play with a minimal lighting scheme. The, the garlands weren't lit, but the Santas usually were. <laughs> oh, dear. Rosy that cheeks was, and all. That was really sad. <laughs> that was. Well, you know, the Santa I saw... <laughs> Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Come yep, on. Yep, yep, yep. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. So, so what? What is? What shouldn't we miss on Buena Vista Street? Definitely peek in and out of all the windows. Okay. The shops themselves are not horrendously decorated. Cats and Sons has a nice decor. They have the real simple department store Christmas trees, but definitely don't miss the tree. Okay. There are a lot Wait, of not horrendously decorated. Does that they're mean they're decorated okay. nicely? You know how the man, I'm thinking would be badly decorated. I, you know I, how I the shops and I'm just making them. fun of your adjective. You know how the shops and business. <laughs> I love you, Tony. You said horrendously decorated. <laughs> that means they were decorated poorly. Well, no, she okay. said it wasn't horrendously decorated, so that gave it a, more, a positive spin on right. it. Yes, they were decorated nicely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely are not over-decorated and okay. are a bit actually under-decorated. Subtly. Okay. And that fits in kind of yes. with the theme of... The that fits in kind of subtly. with what David was telling us about how they're basically on their initial first layer of decoration. So and then next year they'll decorated- go. Oh. Hmm? Never mind. Go. Ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, Mary Jo. Well, next I was going to say, so they were going to dec- be decorating continually this year, but you no. Did you telling us that next year? They're yeah, act- next year they'll next year they'll look at what they've done did this year. Look at the photographs, and actually, pretty much at the end of the season, they'll start looking at this and start working to design either additional pieces to fill in. So some of the shops you may feel are just not decorated enough. And some people are going to like the minimalistic theme down the street. Some people aren't. Now, were you able to catch the tree lighting ceremony? I did not catch the They did not catch the tree lighting ceremony okay. with us because it was more about... Yeah. 
Yeah, it was more about kind of keeping moving and, okay. and going through the other so stuff. Every day at 5 p.m. they have a tree lighting ceremony there at the Buena Vista Street Tree. And what do they do at the tree lighting ceremony? I don't know. I just saw it in the Times Guide. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking. I was I was uh, at on Main Street in Disneyland and talking to a cast member, and we were waiting for them to turn on the the tree. And I remember in, in years past, the Charles Dickens carolers would come out and they would sing Christmas songs and they would turn on the tree. So we were waiting to see what would happen and. She turned to me to ask a question, and the tree turned on at that it. time, and she missed Oops. it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. But they, it's, they just turn it on with no fanfare or anything. Huh. So it's nice to hear that they're going to be doing that in Buena Vista. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming they're doing something because it's on the, it's on the website. Okay. Um, I wish we could have seen him, but we were over waiting for the Small World Veterans um, gotcha. lighting uh-huh. ceremony. Nice. Now, to a question, were you able to peek into Carthay Circle uh, Restaurant, and did they do anything in there to decorate the restaurant? Yes, they didn't. In fact, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. So let's hold tight. Holding. Okay, so we're talking about the tree. For the Christmas tree, they wanted a style that wasn't going to ever be seen in any other part. And here's where we get to the tinsel. They actually use... Tinkle. <laughs> Tinkle? Okay, this illness is causing me to be silly. Um, they use the, actually use tinsel on this tree. You will not see tinsel represented in any other park. Huh. And one of the things that Karen Hedges, the director of horticulture, did was when she looked at her grandparents' decor... She found Santa heads, angels, snowmen, stars, birds. They even decided they needed to um, find some lit bells. So they found a, some bells made by a company called Nova that were lit from the inside. And these are really cool. They're all around the tree in different colors and eight different styles. And they have different characters on them, like um, and the older style, Mickey and Goofy and Horace and those kinds of things. And one of the other things they did also to enhance those is they have replicas of the red car trolley with Mickey driving and here's a little tip these trolleys are actually based on an ornament design that you can buy of course neat Neat. well this was actually by accident initially they saw the ornament that was already pre-designed and they decided they were going to do a replica of that so they took the, the CAD drawings of that ornament and created the light, or well, the, the tree ornaments. Nice. And these are actually going to be the first ornaments in a small series. So not for every single year, but maybe for the first few years running, they're going to have one ornament on that tree that it will be available for purchase. And it's a glass-type nice. ornament, kind of like the Christopher Radko types. Oh, that is nice. Also, just a little trivia bit. The tree was actually made in three different countries. Oh, jeez. What? Oh, my gosh. 
China built the molded tips. China also did the the cedar garlands for them. Then Mexico built the interior branches, and the frame was built in the U.S. It took two months to make and 24 hours to set up. Wow. Now, I was talking about all the stuff under the tree. What I didn't get was to the cool theme and what that train represents. That train is actually a replica of the one that Walt took to California when he moved here. Ah. And then even better is they've got a replica of the Carrollwood Barn under there. They also have Mickey pushing a little cart um, with a bag on it that says California or bust. And he's designed his little wooden toy. And all of the um, wrapping paper on the gift boxes is based on wrapping paper from the 20s. So it's just a real nice little little tidbit. So, Carthay. You asked me about Carthay Circle Theater. I thought the Carthay was really interesting. They went for the fact that internal lighting, internal decorations were not lit. So all of the Carthay decorations are garlands and such. The only thing they've lit is their tree. And their tree is really gorgeous. You have to go into the, into the lounge and see it. Also, all the candle sconces that line the both the lounge and upstairs in the restaurant are all done up in bows and, and natural materials. I really appreciated that kind of touch because, you know, fire and lighting was a big concern in houses in the 20s, so that was a really nice thing. Also, the co- other cool thing was the gingerbread house that they have. They're going with that whole gingerbread house theory again. I, now, I haven't checked the restaurants to see if the restaurants have them up yet like they did last year, but I'm hoping they do because that was pretty cool. This one is a replica of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Cottage. Of course. Um. So in a nice nod once again to the Carthay Circle being the home of the of the premiere of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. So now that we're done talking about the 20s and stuff, let's move on to what everybody's interested in hearing about the Cars Land decorations. Mm-hmm. And by now, most of you have seen pictures. John Lasseter kind of oversaw all of the decorations and improved the music for... Cars Land, while the enhancement team approved the Buena Vista stuff, so, because they really wanted the Cars Land stuff to stay on theme, and in fact, when enhancement presented the initial stuff to Lasseter, he said, okay, what you got is okay, but let's think about, put your, put your mind in the car's mind, how would a car decorate Christmas? And so from there, they came up with a really unique blend of lights, Natural material uses like cedar and some of them, and auto parts. So you get garlands made with air filters to have that kind nice. of curve shape, different size filters. The wreaths are actually white walled tires. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be Fettuccine Alfredo's too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then each of the each of the the citizens of Radiator Springs has their own personal unique twist on their on their own Christmas decorations. So you've got snowy out front. They've changed the greetings from California sign into um, basically a winter postcard. 
And so we go in, and the first thing we notice is there's different music playing externally to the rides. And it's actually like a 60-minute loop, which has car-themed Christmas songs. And familiar Christmas songs with the car twist in the, in the lyrics. So they recorded so, a whole new soundtrack? Yes. Holy crap. Love it. Nice. It's, it's wonderful and very catchy. And also, when Nancy was talking about the garland, they have snowflakes, and the snowflakes are made out of different wrenches. Coming oh, out. nice. In fact, yeah. that, that's, that wrench snowflake theme carries through onto the special Christmas products. Or these special holiday products, because they could be Hanukkah products, too. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. They are holiday. They've replaced our favorite cozy cone mugs with blue blue snowflake ones. And, in fact, oh. lightnings, the lightning mule box and the lightning popcorn box have gotten a new paint job, courtesy of Ramon. And Wait, more, light- more collectibles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, come on, we need to go back. More plastic crap we no don't doubt. need. And I tell you, Lily kept begging for a, a Lightning McQueen, and we're like, you don't play with one you have. It's like, well, I don't it's not the point, Mom. <laughs> but Lightning has the wrench snowflake on his hood. Oh, that's cute. I didn't see design. that. And then in his... Um, in his um, in his uh, headlights and taillights, there's little snowflakes or refl- snowflake reflections. So kind of cool. I actually like them. I thought the lightning was pretty neat. So, but alas, we did not buy. <laughs> <laughs> alas. Still, it was kind of cool. So yes, they've got a whole new soundtrack. They've got some cl- new collectibles, but. What was cool was how they did every single different person's. Now, Fillmore, we now know he's got a penchant for yard art because there's so many um, garden art kind of pieces right. in his in his little store area. So they actually made a yard art Christmas tree. And a gift from Pixar was the little car angel on the top of it. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Um, one of the other harder things they had to do was actually start. Now, when you have a, a basically a hut that's made of corrugated steel, how do you put Christmas lights into that and not have them like stick out weird on the outside? Well, they actually built a new furnace piece. To the to Sarge's surplus hut, the the curved panel over the door, and they hid the Christmas lights behind it in little cutouts. Hmm. So clever. it it lights up for, it lights up and the wires and stuff just aren't seen. And he's got kind of a fireworks display that happens in his lighting above it. That and was a little bit elaborate. I thought they did a really good job on that. They did, and you know how everybody in Southern California wraps their palm trees with lights and does the coil of lights all the way up the tree? Yes. Oh, people. Okay, there we go. Yes. <laughs> Y'all are quick. <laughs> What's up with that? Especially Tony. Yes. He's the best. 
Yes. <laughs> I'm amazed. Okay. Enough sarcasm for the day. Yes. <laughs> red, white, blue lights. A total of. Let me get the stat here. Five thousand red, white, and blue lights are layered on the tree to the left of Sarge's. Wow. So they were going for that whole patriotic kind of kind of effect. Now Mater, across the road, Mater's got a junkyard. So what's he going to make his stuff out of? Junk. 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 So his Christmas tree is actually different sized tires stacked up, and he's got all kinds of junk tucked in between the tires on the levels for ornaments. And then on the top of his tree, he's got this big giant spark plug. Nice. <laughs> and what's really cool is that every few seconds the spark plug will actually spark. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to see when that. It's lit at night. So it's really cool. And then his garlands all have different stuff like oil cans and other junk like in his garlands along with the the um, air filters and stuff. Now moving down the street, we get to the cozy cone, everybody's favorite cozy cone. Yay. All of their garlands have candy cone to decorate candy corn kind of decorated cones to them. It's all orangey. It's so it's all orange and bronze and you know all that kind of type of um, coppery tones that kind of match up with everything. You know, all the theming that goes on and the color that goes on there. Uh-huh. But the coolest thing is the Cozy Cone Gingerbread House that is in Sally's Lobby. Wow. And most people walk right by it. Right. And the big thing is you can't actually get to see it unless you kind of sneak up along the meet and greet, the Mater meet and greet. But if you ask the cast members really nicely, you can sneak up to the corner and get in so there. So that's a gin- so is it like a gingerbread village then, Nancy? It's a, a replica of the Cozy Cone made out of gingerbread. Okay, because I took a picture of it, and I, I thought it was like the Department 56, you know, the Cozy Cone's version of Department 56. But now that I'm looking at it while you're talking, it is. It's made out of candies and yep gingerbread. That is awesome. And it is. It's really awesome. And because they've also got a Christmas tree lit in there, at night... You see more of that lobby, and you notice that lobby much, much more. So make sure you go by there and stop, and be very polite for the people getting the, you know, waiting for the photo op. And the photo op is awesome. Why? Because Mater is Santa Mater. Nice. So huge Santa hat. It was adorable. Huge. Huge. But he's not the only one that got a Santa hat. Stanley got a Santa hat. Uh And a bag. And they actually sculpted that right onto the statue and then tinted it to make it match. To uh-huh. make it look like it's always been there. That is a really cool air and cool location at the end of the street. And they've got it as a photo pass location, too. Um, because the tree is done with hubcap ornaments. And the yeah. wreath is all air filters and lights and stuff like that. So that's... A pretty awesome kind of Christmas pop at the very end of the street. Now, Luigi's, I got to admit, Luigi's was kind of sad. 
<laughs> it looks like two guys decorated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, duh, Luigi and Guido, come on. No, I mean, and I was being facetious. Luigi and Guido basically took a strand of lights <laughs> and some sort of garland and kind of... Decorated their stack of... They decorated their stack of tires, but they didn't even, like, really just... They could have wrapped it better. Let's put it that way. It's a little lacking. It's kind of, like, draped around twice and then stuck on the top. Nice. No, like, real major star or anything. So, Luigi's was kind of the low point. Ramon's, when I saw it, I don't think... I have to go back and look at my pictures, but I don't think they even had the crimson red balls on the gold garland when I was there. They had all the lights in the garland, but I'm pretty darn sure they didn't have the crimson balls in it because I would have remembered that. What crimson balls are you talking about? What I thought was cool was when you go in Ramones, they have some really excellent decorations above the fixture, above like the one fixture room and stuff um, with a hubcap in the center as the wreath. Nice. So I thought that was a lot slicker, and I kind of wish they had done that on the outside, but maybe next year. You know, you got to kind of leave it to the fact that they're trying and they're playing around with it. Right. Flows was really fun. Now, with the way Flows Neon is, it lends itself to those big silver tinsel trees. Everybody knows them? Yep, they were oh, shiny, yeah. they were Space Age, they were metallic. Yes. I, I've they always had some kind of big, you know, bright neon colored balls. Well, Flo's actually has trees in a couple different spots in the dining room. You know, somewhere where they can be tucked in and keep the spirit through the dining room without being too ostentatious. Ooh, big but bird. outside, she has a tree made out of oil cans. And they said first they wanted to do the oil cans as kind of a tree oil can fountain. But they kind of decided against it because they figured Flo would actually want to sell these products. So she's got just got it stacked up like the grocery store would uh-huh. stack cans and make a tree out of their cans. Right. So I thought her tree was really creative and inventive. I think my favorite tree out of all of them, though, was Lizzie's. Lizzie's is plastered with Route 66 signs all over the (laughs) tree. Oh, that is cool. And it's actually gorgeous. I thought it was really one of the nicest trees. And Lizzie went even a step further. It is no longer Radiator Springs Curios. It's Radiator Winter Curios. I thought that was cool. And there's a big sign. I wish they would have lit the winter at night. Lit the word winter at night. Because it it just doesn't pop. And it just doesn't give you the same effect when you're taking the pictures. So they could improve that one just a little bit as well. But overall, they were worried when they set up, and David said this, they were really worried when they set up all of the Christmas lights at first before they actually turned it on because they were wondering if the light textures of the modern LED lights were going to clash with the neon Because when you get two major different light sources and put them together, they don't always blend right visually. And they were, as he put it, pleasantly surprised 
when everything actually blended. Neither one overpowered the other, and they all kind of balanced out. And I thought that that was really nice as far as the Cars Land decorations went. Now, if you're coming in from um, from the the ra- Cadillac Range side and the Ornament Valley side, you're not going to get that Christmas decoration feel. It's only going to be coming straight down Route 66. So just be prepared for that. If your expectation is you're going to see it all the way through, that's not going to be the case. So holiday time, it really is kind of a little bit better to enter up Route 66, um, especially at night. And well, and that kind of makes sense because when you're coming in from the Paradise Pier side, you're coming into the desert scene for the Radiator Springs Racers, right? right. Yeah. So it, it makes sense that they wouldn't that wouldn't have all the decorations. Whereas when you're going through the town, that's when you see their version of of holiday decorations. Yep. Just like any other town in any other small place along yep. Route 66. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, I was really impressed with the Cars Land decorations. I liked the simplicity of the Buena Vista Street. I wish they would do a little more with Hollywood um, with Hollywood Boulevard. The Hollywood Boulevard, very minimal, just a bunch of tinsel wrapped up, you know, around the wrapped up around the the light posts. But that's kind and of that's what it should be. In, I mean, that's what Hollywood you mean in had. Town? Yeah. Nice. But it's just that's <laughs> the only punch of. That's the only punch of holiday color. Right. Holiday. Kind were you of able to, Were you able to check out um, Mad Tea Party? No, okay. unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there late enough because they had they had ushered us over to right. um, do the lighting ceremony, and this was the first lighting of It's a Small World mm-hmm. for the season. Nice. It's a Small World holiday, and they had invited um, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Mark Plummer and his family oh. to be the family that turned on the switch. Now Mark has a purple heart from Fallujah, Iraq, and his family was recognized as part of their affiliation with Operation Homefront, which Sylvania and Albertson's partner with to help provide um, assistance to servicemen and wounded warriors. So that was really nice. He was in full dress uniform, and he and his family had a wonderful time lighting up the uh, the stage with our own Disney ambassador, Jolie Hales. Mm-hmm. And it was a cute little ceremony, and Small World looks excellent this year. It feels like it's a little bit brighter. And by the way, David... The gentleman who gave us all the entire tour was, in fact, the man who designed the Small World Rees that I did that blog on last year. Nice. And I actually asked him, I said, okay, is there a story to these reeds, these Christmas reeds? And he said, you know what? Because I, I, I told him how I approached it in the blog. I, I approached it as each wreath represented a room in the attraction and a different country in the attraction. And he's like, my God, you're good. <laughs> so I thought I, I took that as a big compliment, and he really appreciated that. And he actually said he reads our blog. 
Nice. Because he said he was Googling for some Cars Land stuff, and and the blogs we did during opening week came oh, up. Oh, nice. So he actually knew who I was from those blogs. It's kind of cool. Very nice. You have a reputation. Well, even funnier, even funnier was the fact that I was chatting with one of the media reps. <laughs> and, and, what, and what was her name? And her name was... <laughs> Susie Brown. Oh, oh my God, I have a Susie Brown story. Oh, so that's not the story, okay. So. No, but even better, Tom, you know how you made a little a little shout-out the other week saying that you'd love to have Susie on the show? So here I am, I'm standing next to Susie. And I look over and I say, Susie, we were just talking about you on the show the other day. She's like, you have a show? No, she knows who we are. Oh, no. And I said, Tom, you know, Tom threw it out there. He'd love to have you on the show. And she said, I could possibly consider having a call me. <laughs> awesome. so I she could possibly consider it. She said she is open to the possibility. Oh, because, you know, they can't confirm. They have to clear it with supervisors yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Nancy, that's like a girl saying, let's just be friends. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she, she said she would certainly consider it. She is open okay, so, to the so, option. So back to your original story before I interrupted with Susie Brown. So I'm talking with one of the Disneyland uh, media escorts mm-hmm. named Lindsay Stanley. And she said her dad, Gary, and her mom listened to our show. That's our other <laughs> listener. Okay. That's our listener. Now we have two of them. So, so big shout out. I love your daughter. She's fabulous. And she was really fun to go on the Haunted Mansion with. Nice. So, um, in case he didn't listen to our first show, and he's listening to this one, <laughs> skipped ahead. Yeah. So, so Gary, we shouted out to you on the other show too. Two of them. Ooh, two two shout- of them. Wow, it's a double shout out. So, yeah, I won't do any more of those. Not <laughs> Thanks. More than today. Okay. Nancy, I know that the um, the focus was on Buena Vista. Buena Vista Street and... and Were you just um, going to do that with the Mexican accent? She was totally, she was, she was totally going for the Buena Vista. Yeah, Buena Vista. <laughs> say it, say it, Mary Jo. La Calle de Buena Vista. <laughs> La Calle de Buena Vista. Very well done, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> um, for maybe our one other Spanish-speaking listener. Yeah, for other Spanish-speaking <laughs> yes. um, I know you're talking basically uh, on Buena Vista Street and and Carsland, but um, the other, what about the rest of California Adventure? Were there? I know they had a tree over in Paradise Pier. Didn't see that. Pardon me. I didn't see that. We didn't make it that far. Okay, over by Ariel's Grotto, Duffy is all decked out in his holiday finery and taking uh, a lot of pictures and that whole. He, uh, gazebo where he is 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 decorated and as you enter Paradise Pier from there they have another gazebo and Donald Duck is in there dressed okay. in holiday 
Oh, is he got holiday out? Oh, okay, I forgot cool. about that tree. Yeah. yeah, no, I didn't get to see it this year. Yeah. He's he's decked out in his holiday finery and I don't I didn't see any other characters. I only saw Donald the few times that we walked past that and there's a Christmas tree there too that we saw. So it, the park looks really nice. Yeah. Of Pony Avenger. And of course Disneyland Disneyland is its own usual exquisite Christmas self with decorations everywhere. And the castle looks fabulous this year, may I say? Is it decorated on all four sides? <laughs> I wasn't in the back, so I don't know. That was, I got that. That was that, that was for our Orlando team listening. Okay, because I didn't get that. Oh, because um, the Cinderella castle isn't decorated on all four sides. Got it. No, the ours is decorated very nicely. Yeah, it is. Okay. Anyway, so Disneyland, it's really traditional. They don't mix it up too much with the holiday decorations at Disneyland. They've got their tried and true formula. So why why screw with it? And California Adventure, you know, I'm looking forward to next year, too, to see how they change it. So go out, run out, buy your trolley ornament, spend money. Oh, Because they got to buy Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they got to pay for Star Wars, so somehow they got to get the money for it. So, that's pretty much it. Thank you, Nancy. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week, and we'll be back again with you in two weeks. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs>